welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and the offseason is now basically in the rear view, and the 2023 campaign is fresh out of the box. The Hounds traveling back down to Birmingham Saturday night for a 7.30 kickoff, and we're here to talk about it. And by we, I mean three of us uh, joining me. You've heard her on Tuesday. She had some some wild ass ideas of how the season's gonna go. It's Ariana. How are you doing? Good, good. Happy to be here again. Uh, happy to to finally see the start of uh, my hot takes being what actually happens. So I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, for the for this club to score as many goals as you need for your things to to come true, we basically. <laughs> It's got to be a clicking offense just out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I won't be upset if that happens. That's for sure. I can't, Yeah, can't be upset. No. Also joining us tonight, he was not at Hitchhiker Brewing on Tuesday, and that seems strange because he was he was talking of a big game about how he was going to uh, bring the noise, and then he no-showed. It's Seth Thompson. What's good, buddy? Hello. Yeah, it was a scheduling conflict. I had to be up early for work the next day and didn't work out well. I had to put the whole professional life over the fun life. For I, I try not to do that too much, but every once in a while, rears its ugly head. And this was one of those times, but I'm back. <clears throat> and like you said, we are officially preparing for a match. We have countdown. Yeah, I mean, as as we're recording now, it's uh, in forty eight hours. We will be about halfway through the second half of uh, of the game, so we got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, Seth, by the way, you 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 said you're going to submit your uh, predictions to all those questions, and you haven't done so yet. So I'm, I'm going to need you to get on that. I'll uh, I'll take the ten percent deduction for a late assignment. Okay, fair enough. And I'll uh, I'll get that filled out this weekend. Beautiful, works for me. Uh, as a set off the top, it's a match week. It uh, is finally here. Helms at Birmingham. Uh, the Legion apparently uh, requesting from the schedule makers that they that they face the Hounds to kick off this season after a beautiful combination of of. Uh, Eddie Kizza and Jamali Waite ended the the Legion's 22, 2022 season uh, in absolutely fucking spectacular fashion. So they wanted the Hounds. They're going to get the Hounds. And we're going to find out if that was a mistake on their part to, to want this smoke so early on. Uh, let's take this. Uh, let's start with this. Uh, first game for Pittsburgh. First game for, for Birmingham. First game for everyone. We, we basically have some pretty limited information on on the hounds on especially with all these late uh, announced signings uh, Ariana I'll start with you let's just start with this what the you know the lineup comes out let's say it's a 7:30 kickoff the the lineup comes out somewhere between an hour and 45 minutes let's just say 6:45 that lineup comes out what's your expectation? Well, um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what 
coach puts out to begin with. I think that it's been really unclear. Uh, it's been very difficult for me to nail down, you know, what, what coach is looking at for, for a starting lineup, even with um, all the new signings, I, I, they're all a mixed bag. So I don't know what to expect from them. I think it'll be interesting to see how he mixes in the new people with our seasoned players or whatnot. Um, so I'm not really sure how, how to feel. Uh, I think after that first, um, list, the first starting, uh, 11 drops, I think that I'll feel a little bit more comfortable knowing where the team is at and where Bob's head is at. But, um, I think up until that moment, I will be, you know, building and rebuilding a potential starting lineup, um, for the next couple of days. Um, and then we'll just have to see, uh, which way he goes. I definitely think that he has an interesting breakdown of players. So, uh, of positions, uh, players in positions. So, um, kind of looking forward to seeing that. I, I don't really know what to expect from Bob. Um, but cause we've seen a little bit of everything from him, uh, in the preseason. So I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, what to expect? You asked us to build a, a lineup for this, and I am still changing it as we speak. So, <laughs> fair enough. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth, someone else had pointed out to me earlier today that for as much as I've been talking about Bob going five in the back, which is how I always default this team, that against Birmingham last year, Bob went four in the back, two center backs, left back, right back. And then also in the last preseason game, this past Saturday against Louisville, uh, Bob went four in the back. That that lineup was, just to put on the record there, weight in net, Dos Santos, Hogan, Ordonia, so those are two center backs, Dos Santos on the left, uh, Rivera as the right back, a midfield of Forbes, Mertz, Ybarra, uh, Junior Eto, and then Kiza and Dequa um, getting his first minutes uh, in the preseason at that last game. So Kizan and Dequa as your as your starting uh, forward pair. Now we do know that Jamal Waite will be on international duty this weekend, so we can already scratch that name from the from this starting eleven from last Saturday in Louisville. But this long winded question to you is outside of the keeper, the 10 outfield players, are you expecting the same starting lineup against Birmingham on Saturday, or you think there, uh, that was not a dress rehearsal for opening night. So I think because so I, I did I was able to make it to the scrimmage Saturday, and I think based on what I was kind of seeing, it the it was a four back as we talked about you know four back system, and then I think it really kind of felt like dual like defensive midfielder kind of like sat back a little bit and then you had Kenny and Robbie playing more of advanced positions as the attacking mids they were they were basically sitting wider than the striker combination which really kind of felt like you had Kizza playing more of a false nine he was kind of sitting back behind Dequa um which I I really like that combination up top that way, especially with the, those are two big bodied strikers. It both have really nice top end speed, and I think it gives you a lot of 
possibilities as far as getting creative on runs with those two. You can kind of have one peel out wide, one go right up the gut, uh, or you can play you know figure out who's better at holding up the ball and kind of play through them that way as well i don't think you see danny rivera at a fullback position this week i think he potentially is one of those defensive mids like the six role uh because i think you're probably going to see a little bit more man marking on everybody's favorite opponent tyler pasher so that would be my one so i think if you're thinking of four in the back i think you might see uh biasi get a little time at right on the you know opposite of nate santos um so that's kind of that that's what i'm thinking and then as far as like center backs go i i think i think i'm going I think I'm going Farrell and Hogan if I have to pick two, uh, especially knowing, you know, them probably going to start Nico Brett up top. I think those two have good size, kind of body him up a little bit, frustrate him. We know how Nico likes to score his goals, and I think those two would muck it up pretty well with him. Yeah, the the, the center back, Let's say you know the center back hat of of names is quite interesting. You are keeping Ordonez out of out of your lineup, and you're basically from from what Bob had last week, and you you, you put in Farrell for um, for Ordonez. Ariana, from what you've seen, because you've 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 I'm pretty sure seen the most preseason action out of the the three of us talking here do you anticipate that is the order of operations um in terms of of who bob is trusting as his his center backs or i don't know what, what have you observed and what what what's your heart telling you on on if you go from two from three center backs to two which two are, are probably getting the nod definitely think that ordonez is getting the nod he's gotten the most minutes in preseason so far he started every one that we've been able to that you know the fans have been able to attend um and he's gotten almost 90 minutes he's gotten out of the four games that we i have information on he did the full 90 he played the full 90 on three of those so i definitely think that he'll get center back he'll, he'll definitely get that nod and, and and if you know we see any track with bob he likes the tall center backs um, and Ordonia sits at six three, so I, I definitely think that he'll get the nod. It's the it's the other center back position that I've been struggling with. Um, we've seen Dos Santos, uh, Biasi, and De Shields all play outside back in 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 both the early games and the later games. So I definitely feel like we're going to have them sitting. Those three will probably be our rotating outside backs, which leaves Farrell. And Hogan uh, as the other two, you know, question mark center backs. So I definitely think that, and I've, I've, you know, said this from a long time, you know, running now, and, and it's like a broken record with me. But I definitely think that Farrell's going to going to give a lot of that 
power and uh, authority kind of on that back line. Um, so I definitely have for my starting lineup or my my theoretical starting lineup, I have Ordonez and Farrell at center back uh, sitting right in the middle there. Um, Farrell, too, is tall. He's 6'2". So I'm not entirely basing my uh, breakdown on height, but it definitely helps when we have you know, Bob, who likes the the tall center backs there. Um, and then I have Dos Santos and either, this is one of my, my question marks, either DeShields or Biasi sitting on the um, the outside back there. So you don't have Rivera That's... really there at all? As no, right, as I right have back. him. Yeah, I have him playing more of a, um, like Seth said, more of a defensive midfield Um I, but he could. I mean, he could easily be shifted back into the back line. Um, so he's kind of a question mark. Um, I'm not really sure where we're going to see him play. Um, but that just, I think, depends. If we have three in the back, I think Rovi will, will, will shift his way back that way. Um, but if, if we have four in the back, it feels kind of heavy to have Rovi play play some more. So I definitely feel like we're gonna have, you know, a defensive lineup of four back there plus the goalie five. That's that's where I'm I'm thinking. So on the other side of the the field or for the you know, on the attacking side, are you are you careful? I mean, even though he's seen very limited minutes, do you anticipate we're going to see a, a a forward pairing of, of Kizza and, and, and Dequa is, or something else coming to mind. I, I'm inclined to, 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 to side with that. I, I think that while we haven't seen his minutes in preseason, he put in 90 in the last preseason or put in 70 in the last preseason game. Um, and he definitely looked ready to play. Um, he didn't look, like he needed more time. Now we didn't score. So that's, you know, maybe what I'm, you know, working against what I'm saying, but I definitely think that we'll see him. I don't really, I'm not really uh, attached to another forward. We, we have five signed. I'm not really beyond. Yeah. De- Kiz is definitely up there. Um, and I feel like Dequa and Kizza with uh, Kenny in the midfield is, is is my you know solid mid you know pair, pairing there. Um, I'm not really particular to any other um, forward that we signed so far, being uh, Langston Blackstock, Tony Lopez, and Tula Shonumi. Shonumi. Just waiting for um, that for next guy to come out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm not, I'm not particular on any of them. Um, I could definitely see, um, maybe Tony Lopez getting some minutes, but he didn't, you know, I have to get my reading eyes on Langston played eight minutes in the last, uh, preseason game. Um, Tony played 20 minutes and, Tula played 20 minutes as well. So I'm not really particular on any of them. And I, I feel like Bob's not really confident yet on any of them, which makes me unconfident. Um, but I don't know. I could definitely see um, Tony or Tula being put as a as a 
another pairing if we don't have Dequa. Well, then he's I'll, not. Yeah, I'll I'll throw the same question to Seth. Let's assume that the forward pairing is going to be Kizza and Dequa, and then let's assume that Dequa doesn't have full match fitness yet, and he's got let let's just say an hour. He's got sixty minutes in him. Uh, what's what's what do you anticipate the substitution would be for Dequa for the for the last third of the game? I I think based on the limited experience, I think Tony Lopez had because he did play in Nisa has a little bit more understanding of what an actual match day is going to look like as far as the competition level goes. And I think that gives him the upper hand over the other two. There it is. So I, I, I know he didn't like, kind of contradicts what Ariana just said, but I would. <laughs> We're allowed I to have would, different opinions here. <clears throat> I don't know. Pick a name out of the hat. That's it. It is kind of a, of a striker hat that we we've got going on right now, especially as it comes to the the order of operations coming off the bench. Let's switch it over to Birmingham now. Let's take a look at the at the other side of the of the equation here. Birmingham has had a, a fairly interesting offseason. I mean that not in a in a bad way, in a in a good way for them. Um, in terms of the the departures, probably leading the the list of departures, Johnny Dean uh, outside back. Uh, Lapa, who's uh, on the attacking half of the midfield, who did score against the Hounds uh, in that playoff game. And then Ryan James, who we all know and love. And Ryan James, uh, for as much as we appreciate him, uh, his his was the giveaway that led to the first Hounds goal in that playoff game. So uh, one final uh, job there he did for Pittsburgh on his way out the door in Birmingham. And then coming into the into the squad, they didn't do a ton in the midfield, especially on on defense. They they're they're looking a bit uh, lacking. But in terms of attacking power, uh, two names that we know a little too well: one Nico Brett, former Hound, uh, Robert Morris guy, obviously infamous for putting four in against Birmingham in that playoff game back in 2019. And then motherfucking Tyler Pasher coming back from his his cup of coffee in Major League Soccer gets signed by by Birmingham. Uh, the other name to keep track of here, I mean, a couple other names. You know, uh, Martinez is still Enzo is still there. Uh, Van Ockel is assuming going to be their starting keeper. Proper Kasim, a guy who also scored against us. Uh, and then uh, not someone who's left the team, but has quietly this. Quietly was underreported, or I mean, if it's underreported, it was quiet, obviously. But Mikey Lopez, um, he had surgery in late January. The team never said anything about it. Lopez put it on his Twitter account. The team never acknowledged it, and it sounds like it might be a season-long injury. So he's definitely not playing on Saturday, and he, he may not be playing at all this year. So those are your notable names for all things Birmingham. So a lot of flashy names up top. They did not do much to reinforce themselves in the back. And the, the depth on this team is eh, kind of somewhere where the, where, the, where the Hounds are with a lot of young, 
uh, untested dames coming off the bench. Uh, Seth, what as you look at this Birmingham squad, what where do your eyes go, and uh, do you have any thoughts on these players you want to share? This this Birmingham roster kind of screams to me like we're going to attack the hell out of you for 60 minutes and hope we have a two goal lead and hope things find themselves, find themselves through for three points at the end. Um, as far as their forwards go, I mean, there's like, are they going to run a four across the front? Like they're extremely forward heavy, especially when you think about, Pasher is going to be on a wing. You're going to have Prosper Kasim on the other wing, probably. Then you get this like combination. I guess like Enzo Martinez probably playing like a ten attack attacking mid for you. With I, I, I would have to say you probably start Nico Brett, but they do have. I was looking at their roster, and uh, interestingly enough, Juan Agudelo has secured the number nine jersey, which leads me to think that he's probably going to be seeing some time as well. So I, I agree. It, it's not, They definitely seem like they're likely to give up some goals because of the lack of a back line. And we know Van Okel can get beaten pretty easily. Um, and they've apparently just given up the... Uh, Apparently, Trevor Spangenberg just has like a lifetime contract there. He's still on the roster at like age forty-seven. Van Hoekel's so. thirty-seven. <laughs> they love. Their, I know. They love their 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 they, their aged keepers. I'm su- I'm surprised. That's why they probably start the matches there at six thirty, so those guys can have <laughs> their uh, their uh, Denny's moons over Miami before the match at three thirty and be in bed by nine thirty. You know, it's uh like the AARP goalkeepers union there. Yeah, I mean, basically. Uh, I mean, to really, to, I mean, oversimplify what we just talked about here. So we're looking at a, a strong attacking unit for Birmingham against a, a stout, what appears to be a stout defense for the Hounds who gave up uh, at least officially one goal in the preseason. And then a bunch of clean sheets after that. And then the reverse is that is a an offensive uh, lineup for the Hounds that have not shown a ton of a ton of action versus a more or less uh, under league average defensive squad for Birmingham. So it's strong offense versus strong defense going against a weaker offense, weaker defense. Uh, Ariana is is this like a an, way too simplified version of of the matchups in this in this game or do you have do you have a better way of framing that than I just did no i i definitely feel like that's that's where i'm sitting i'm not really i mean bob definitely we have a we have he created a strong backline and which is perfect against what appears to be um looking like from Birmingham, a, a strong front line. It's just that defense isn't going to win games uh, for us. So we definitely need something to attack their back line. 
Um, and now we have Kizza, who absolutely obliterated a uh, uh, Birmingham memory of playoffs, uh, a taste of playoffs last year, which which makes me um, happy that we not only brought him back, but that I am fully confident that he's going to be starting. Um, Birmingham dream killer. But yeah, that, I mean, what do we call? Yeah, B- BDK. Um, I, he's. It's just one person, or maybe two. You know, with Dequa, if we're confident that he'll start, we we could sit. And I'm not saying this because of my predictions, but we're not going to be good. We're not going to sit well in standings if we consistently draw, which is what we did in preseason. We were two zero and three officially in preseason. We can't. We can't rely on that for the season. That's not going to make us look good if we just sit there and draw left and right. So I definitely think that we need that forward line. And it's not, I, I think that we'll definitely see something here. Um, and, and whether we can score against the question mark of a front line that I, I see in Birmingham, um, will I think propel what, what we're thinking forward. Um, our back line. I got that reversed. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that's an oversimplification. I definitely think that that's what we're looking at. We're definitely going to see, at least for the Hounds, a big defensive game. Um, and then on the opposing side, a big offensive game. But that's not what we need to be sitting at. We need to prep for that, but we also need to prep for a good forward line, which kind of scares me just a little. Yeah, I mean, I guess last part on 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 Birmingham slash the Hounds slash this game, but as this team is constructed, it doesn't feel like this is. And I, funny we're saying this because of how the playoff game went last year, but this does not feel mm. like an offensive core of players that will do a great job of having to chase a goal. They get down one, yeah. and now they have to be a, a bit more. Uh, pressing and 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 assertive offensively, uh, I guess that's where my concern is. Is as long as it stays even, you know, the the Hounds can can stay in their shape, stay in in, in the game they want to play. But if, as soon as they have to chase mm-hmm. a goal, it might get a little funky as you bring players off the bench to either change the formation, change the shape, or or just bringing fresh legs and maybe the depth isn't there. So that is my concern. Uh, and this is game one of 34 and hopefully we're not dumb enough to take too many uh, massive uh, conclusions off of, off of one result, but I'm sure when we record next week, we'll be doing just that. How's news? Uh, there's been a decent amount in the past week. So let's uh, let's run through that. Seth uh, announced today that the Hounds are off of twenty to the point, back onto uh, Pittsburgh CW. So they're back in the the CBS family of stations here in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Hounds and Bob Pompiani back together once again. Uh, big news, little news, no news. You're you're kind of on the uh, the exurbs of Pittsburgh. So does this do anything for you? I mean, as somebody who always keeps up ESPN Plus because there's always some random 
college football or basketball game I want to watch doesn't really impact me. I do think you'd get a little bit better coverage of the team, though, with the KDKA team. Uh, and obviously, pumping ain't easy. Uh, so I think that's always a good uh, thing for the team to have going for them. So I'll say it's I'll say it's uh, big news. Do you know it'd be kind of bitching if we got Bob on on the on the podcast, and he can just it would be he could um, he could talk about things in very very broad generalities, and but he'll still be a fucking pro about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ariana, is this is there any real news out of this? I mean, they switched stations, but does that really change anything, or is it just? Instead of channel twenty two, you go to channel nineteen, and that's that's it. I think I'm. I agree with Seth. I was nodding my head along with him as as he was speaking. I think that yeah, it'll be good for us. It's something I've ever always complained about is that we don't necessarily get a lot of coverage in the news. Um, you know, in the nightly sports call or what, what have it. Um, so I think it'll definitely get our name out there more. Um, I know that I've seen Bob Pompiani either posting or at the actual game himself. So I know that he does enjoy going to Hounds games, which um, makes me happy because, you know, if, if it's in that same production family that, you know, maybe we'll get more attention. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to change beyond, you know, what channel you turn to. Um before the game, it, it's always nice to have that option of watching it. You know, I, like Seth, also have ESPN Plus uh, on retention every year. Um, but sometimes it's hard to fight between ESPN and, um, you know, I would rather watch it on TV. Um, it, it makes me hopeful that, you know, maybe we get some local announcers <laughs> come in and announce games. Um but I, I don't think it'll change much beyond, you know, putting it on a different channel. Maybe some extra coverage with, you know, KDK, but I don't see anything too, too much beyond that. I will give you one thing that this is going to change. And this is a, this is a, a huge, huge plus for us. Uh, when the games are on the CW, if we have a watch party or you choose to watch it on the CW at home, the Family Feud will be the lead in programming to the Hounds. Thanks. Uh, that is that's a big get, and I didn't prep either of you two for this question, but I feel like it's we need to throw it out there. Get your hot takes on this, uh, Seth. I'll lead you off first. Uh, uh, the best Family Feud host ever is who? Louis Anderson. Holy fuck, that's a terrible answer. Holy shit, that is. <laughs> oh man. I, I honestly, I don't. I, Fucking hell, guy. Uh, Ariana, please have a better is, answer than that. Who who else is hosted? I'm like, oh come Steve on, Harvey. Seth. I mean, Steve besides Harvey. Harvey. No, let's know, ha- okay. Hold I'm on. Not a big, not a big Family Feud guy. <laughs> let's discuss the Steve Harvey hosting the Family Feud because this is a fucking joke. Okay, <laughs> so here's the format that the show has now is, is Steve Harvey uh, asks a to a family, which is kind of weird, like a sexually suggest- suggestive question. Mm. They get a sexually suggestive response in return. And then he does like this fake stunned face. Like I could never imagine that answer coming based off the question I just asked. 
with my jaw agape and me throwing the cards up in the air. Fucking hell. The fact that that bit, <laughs> that bit has lasted as long as it has. I mean, good on him for making bank off that. But holy shit, is that bit been like, I mean, that horse has been beaten to death and, and rolled over and beat the air side. Fucking hell. Uh, no, the correct answer is, is Richard Dawson's uh, by far the best family um, feud host. Um, yeah. Richard okay. Dawson making out all with right. all the ladies. <laughs> but no, we do get the we do get the fast money round as the lead into the hounds, and that's absolutely a great thing. On less great news, uh, the Open Cup announced finally announced their plans for TV slash streaming coverage. And uh, basically what they did is just take one big old dump in a bucket and say, here you go, be happy with it. Now that U.S. Soccer is in bed with the uh, Warner Brothers group of uh, networks, that's HBO, TBS, TNT. Uh, so all the national team games are on, on those stations. But then it, w- it came out that the Open Cup... Um, they had basically first crack at it, and if they did not want to have, uh, they didn't want to show those games, they could it could be sold out to another station or another network. Uh, so they've chosen to retain these these broadcasts, but they're putting them on their Bleacher Report uh, streaming service, which uh, I've been told is not great, but I have no firsthand knowledge of it. And they're not even showing all the games; they're doing select matches. Uh, so in this first round, I think they're showing less than half of the the first round matches. Same thing in the second round, uh, which includes or does not include the Hounds hosting Rochester, so that will not be uh, streamed as part of this package. Now, uh, the home teams that are not being shown will have the, the option to broadcast and stream the, the matches themselves. Have not heard if the Hounds are going to do that. Uh, but Seth, let's... For as nice as it was to have this ESPN collection last year, or the last couple years, uh, pandemic notwithstanding, you could watch every Open Cup game. So you got to watch all the all the cup sets, all the first round amateur teams playing each other, all this good shit. And for all the hype that the, the FA Cup got with Wrexham, this just basically in the past two months... Everyone, there was a lot of eyeballs on on the U.S. Open Cup, or more eyeballs than there had been previously. And U.S. Soccer takes a big old step backwards and and makes less of these games available for for people to enjoy. Uh, am I overreacting, or did or did they just fuck it? No, you're not overreacting um, <clears throat> because definitely, like I think we got a lot of gems out of the ability to watch every match of the u.s open cup uh the one that sticks out in my mind i can't remember the team's name i feel like they're based out of san francisco they're basically playing at a glorified like high school stadium and there were two guys that were uh, very blatantly inebriated standing like five feet behind the corner post and essentially telling a guy how to take the freak take the corner kick for the opposing team so the fact that you're not going to be able to catch things like that is disappointing. Um, I, I love the ability of ESPN Plus to be able to kind of go in between games. I spend many of my Saturday nights after the Hounds have wrapped up catching the conclusions of the other 
Eastern Conference teams and then kind of playing like my own version of NFL Red Zone with the Western games as they kick off at 10 o'clock. Uh, so I, I am disappointed as well. I think that I, I hope that the Hounds at least have some capacity to stream on their website or maybe leverage the broadcast journalism departments at one of the local universities to kind of have some people run and come in and run some cameras. I don't even, I don't need play by play, honestly, but just, you know, a couple cameras uh, to give us a little bit of a understanding of what's going on. Not just like a one person up in the press box uh, having like a single view, but I won't, I won't get overly cranky if that's what it winds up with. So I agree with you. I think it sucks. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess we can add this to the uh, the long list of things that U.S. soccer continues to just absolute botch. And considering that they were they took it in the right direction for a couple of years, and then just now let's do a one eighty. I know finances might have come into it, but it's, it's still for. For their job being to promote soccer in the United States, they, they really seem to be shit at it. Um, now, Ariana, you brought up before the possibility of having local announcers with some of these games. This is a place where it could actually happen since yeah. the game would not be produced by, by an outside company, but it would be done in-house. So uh, maybe we get uh, you know we get a Paul Child back in the stands. We get a... Uh, uh, Geica comes back down from his new home in in Michigan and, and uh, does a game. I would that'd be awesome. Now if that doesn't happen, we could really also kick it uh, old school. Uh, you know, some of some of you 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 youngins out there would not remember the days of of the Open Cup when you had to find uh, what what supporter of the home team would just whip out their cell phone and start streaming live on. On YouTube or whatever platform, they could somehow get a, a reliable uh, signal on the, the stream, and that was how you watched a lot of Open Cup games in the early day. And if the Hounds don't broadcast, I feel like just just to for a, like a nostalgia trip, we need to get someone up on the uh, up on this this the um, the I guess the press box we're gonna call it. Get up there just with their cell phone, just start recording it, and um, <laughs> and just have like the pirated stream that everyone could follow along, and you'll do this works for for twenty three people to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, I would be all for. Uh, well, one, I think the Hounds should just do it out of, especially with these poor bastards in, in Rochester not catching a break as it is. Uh, at least let them watch their team get buried uh, properly uh, on a live stream. I, I ha technically, I technically have a, a Twitch. So theoretically, <laughs> as long as I uh, am in the bottom corner with a, a gaming controller in hand, um, I'm pretty sure we could stream <laughs> a, a pirate, pirated uh, stream of, of the Open Cup games on Twitch. I mean, I love, I love goofy shit during this tournament. And it's, you know... Uh, if if since U.S. Soccer doesn't want to show the game, if the Hounds also don't want to show a game, we should probably we yes. If for some reason the Hounds choose not to do an actual stream of this game, 
we we are going to find some way to like bring back our, our best you know 2014 memories and do some some lame ass single camera stream of this game for 30 people it's gonna be awesome so yeah. we're getting we're gonna take all four microphones we're gonna have yeah. Je jesse get us a folding table to the top row of the paul child stands and we will call the game ourselves yes yes i'm here for it you don't you don't want us to do this sounds do this game yourself this <laughs> if you don't do something actually, this is what we're doing actually you know what let us do it yeah i'll double we're, down we're, we're getting Liz we're, on it we're getting uh some of our our more wild personalities on it it's happening start pounding parking lot beers and then go call a game yeah. Because it's the cup. And that's what it'll be called. <laughs> because the cup. Uh, speaking of the rhinos, uh, maybe they're still alive. I would say, I would ask who the hell knows, but I don't think anyone does at this point, including anyone in Rochester. So the last time we spoke about the rhinos, they were putting out this statement that they were going to have some sort of it was an announcement to say they were going to announce something in a week in a week has come and gone and they have not said jack shit they do not have a head coach they have in theory a couple players signed uh but slowly those names are being leaked to be going elsewhere so they may or may not have like a handful of players they definitely don't have a coach and some uh mysterious italian investor might be coming in to buy the team and this is the reason, given that uh, MLS Next Pro still doesn't have a, a schedule, even though uh, the MLS First Division uh, are going into week three and uh, all the other lower division uh, seasons are getting ready to start. So uh, who knows what's going on with that. So we might be talking about broadcasting this Rochester game, and who I, we can't even guarantee that... Uh, that the game is going to happen, or that they might just pick up like eighteen assholes on the on the way down from Rochester and hope for the best. Um, or maybe you know, maybe they can. Um, here's what they should do: they should get the Tartan Devils, just hand them some green and black uh, uniform tops, uh, register them, register them as as the Rhinos, and just basically cash that check for the uh, for the travel reimbursement, and just have a bunch of like local players play. Because that'll probably be about as competitive as uh, whatever team Rochester might bring, anyways. So everyone, you know, Rochester picks up a check for travel. Uh, the Tarn Devils get a uh, an Open Cup game, and we all get to enjoy uh, beverages in the magic of the second round cup at Highmark Stadium. So win, 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 win. Speaking of beverages, Ariana. Uh, yes. Uh, Quantum Spirits. We finally seen the the canned cocktail beverage. I think is the phrase they've used. We've now yes. seen it. We've and you have tasted it. Uh, tell us about it. I have. Um, it's called Olympico. Olympico, I think. Um, and it's actually pretty good. It's a, a, a rum and cola with lime. And at first, I was like, mm, doesn't sound great. Uh, but I did get to try a little bit of it. Now, it's not necessarily for me. I am very much a um, fruit-heavy uh, drink person. Um, I like fruity drinks. I like sweet drinks. So it's not sweet, um, which is not saying it's bad. But 
Um, it has fantastic flavors. It's made with their lime bitters. So it's not necessarily just lime juice thrown in there. Um, it's their house-made lime bitters, which you can buy online. Um, and it tastes a little caramelly. Uh, I thought it had a bit of a smoky taste to it, but I think that was just the bitters coming out. Um, it's not like, you know, your college rum and coke don't know what else you're going to buy. I'm saying this because this is what I used to do um, in the bar, rum and coke. It's definitely um, more full body and more rounded. Um, and I think people are definitely going to enjoy it. Um, how much it's going to cost is another question of mine. I'm intrigued. It's a skinny can. Um, so kind of like a, a claw or, you know, those smaller cans. But um, I'm intrigued to see how it'll go. Uh, it seems like a good partnership. We have now the wine side, we have the hounds have a beer and now we have the hounds having a, a canned cocktail. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It does have, um, it does have good flavor. I think that people are definitely going to enjoy it. It'll be dangerous. I think it's, it's easy to go down. Um, so I definitely think that <laughs> we'll have to watch out, um, but you can buy it in store uh, at the the brewery, and you can buy it at the Hounds. So I'm looking forward to it. And they sponsor now our uh, corner kick. Oh, that's right. I forgot that. Yeah, we're going. You know, every corner kick is going to get this. Uh, every every corner is a sponsorship. Every corner is a sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Seth, what does a yeah. does a does a jazzed up running rubbing coke um, do anything for you? Does it move the needle? Uh, no, not at all. As somebody who uh, spent way too many nights with his friends in college, huddled around a handle of Admiral Nelson, I actually do not drink rum anymore. Uh, so it doesn't do anything for me. So I was kind of disappointed when I saw that it was a rum and coke. Um, you know, you brought up the sponsorship, which I guess now I was going to say that the name didn't make sense. But now that you bring that up, it does make a lot more sense. Um, and also I, I just don't know, you know, like it's going to be like middle of July, 90 degrees at kickoff. Do you really want to be like drinking rum and Cokes? It doesn't feel, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel refreshing to me, you know, cold games probably be okay for people. Hot games. I want something uh, a little bit lighter on the palate. Um, but my biggest concern is does this mean that I'm no longer going to be able to get my Sangria Spritzer, which mm. is a real gem. Uh, so well, why wouldn't you be able to get that? I don't know. I'm just hoping oh, just, now they have, a wine, they have a wine. I'm concerned. Uh, they have a wine sponsorship. I guess they're still doing stuff with Straub, though. So when I was able to crack that code last year, that that's who makes that. So maybe it's maybe I'm just having false illusions here. Which I hope I am. Fair, uh, fair enough. I mean, maybe maybe they start off with with Olympico, uh, and then they, when we get into the into the the warmer dog days, they they introduce something else, uh, more more refreshing for those warmer. Uh, you know, something you could uh, you could sip on a warm day and watch the superstars with, that you wouldn't get with uh, with the Olympico. I when the name came out. My first thought was, have the score have the Hounds ever scored an Olympico? And I don't recall it. 
Um, I don't yeah. Think For so. a team that constantly has inconsistent service off corner kicks, I'm going to go with no. Yeah. I mean, if someone wants to bust out some, some video from, you know, 20, you know, 2002 or something like that, please do. But um, I just, nothing comes to mind for me. So if they score one this year, then uh, I'll, we'll credit, we'll credit the, um, the canned cocktail. We'll go with that. Uh, I think last we want to go through today. Well, you know what? I was going to bring up the, the VIP parking, but we got two weeks for the home game, but we'll, we'll save it. Um, we'll talk about it then. Watch party this Saturday. Uh, head on out to Ye Old Bulldog. It's a 7.30 kickoff. Uh, get your ass there before 7.30. One, because you want to catch up with old friends and, and see how everyone's been that you haven't seen in a while. Uh, but also, Saturday is St. Patrick's Day observed. If you have the whole day free, that could be that's a marathon drinking day. Seth, uh, as someone who I look up to as a respected uh, all-day drinker, what would be your your hints or tips for someone who who chooses mm-hmm. to uh, start early in the morning with their St. Patrick's Day festivities and then transition into the season opening watch party? My two biggest tips, the first one being make sure you wake up and lay down a good foundation for the day, get a good like pancake breakfast with, you know, a couple eggs for some protein. Uh, so that way you're not like trying to be a hero on an empty stomach until like somebody forces you to a piece of pizza at like noon. Uh, not that I've ever been in that situation before, <laughs> but I, you know, allegedly. Uh, and the second is to... Make sure you mix in a couple waters every once in a while. I know it's uh, not always the fashionable choice, but you know maybe maybe instead of going for that like seventeenth Irish car bomb before eleven a.m., maybe go to like a you know water and an Irish coffee, something to kind of level you out a little bit, keep the keep the body running on its uh, intended terms and not just on an absolute bender um st patrick's day though on you know the saturday observation in pittsburgh is just i think it's probably the best thing that we do uh it just and there's so many opportunities like to just absolutely like make a day of it uh i know dan and i are doing a little kegs and eggs steak and eggs (laughs) party on saturday morning uh so I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Everybody's obviously getting older in that crowd too. Uh, but, you know, you can definitely mix it up. You don't have to. I think that's the great thing about St. Patrick's Day is as long as you're doing some variation of like Guinness or Jameson, you can quantify it as a St. Patrick's Day drink. So you get your like Irish breakfast shots, all the, all the, all that kind of stuff in there. Uh, plus your Irish coffee. Like I said, you know, you can really. You can you can easily make your way through the day without feeling like you're just like drinking the same thing all day. And stay away from green beer because your your body will hate you, and you'll black out drunk and wake up the next morning and not remember when you go to the bathroom and think you have to like go to the ER. 
So. I, uh, no, Piper's is Piper's is, is open once again. You should go into Piper's on Saturday and ask for a green beer. You should demand a green beer from Piper's. <laughs> is absolutely what you should do. And then uh, let us know how that works for you. Ariana, you're closer to your the prime drinking years than Seth and I are, I think. Um, what's your game plan for, for what could be an all-dayer on Saturday? Or what should be an all-dayer on Saturday? Well, I haven't been down to the parade in a few years. Um, Pittsburgh does throw a, a pretty baller parade. Um, so that would be fun to do. That's where you can start with, with your Irish coffee. Um, I do remember doing that much. I think every year in, uh, in college, I went to the, the parade. You've got to start early, get a couple of, uh, Irish coffees in you take one down to the game cause or to the parade. Cause you know, it's not technically an open container. Um, and then my go-to is always napping in the middle of the day. Um, getting some, you know, some water in you and then right, right around midday when, when you start to crash to, to just take a little, a little nap and then you're, you're back up and running a few hours later. Um, my college years, I would go until 2 a.m. the next morning, but I am not there any longer. So um, it will probably end with Bulldogs. I'm I'm hoping, manifesting that it will end at Bulldogs, but that will be a fun, a fun evening. Um, if I had to bestow any wisdom along with the green beer, do not make green eggs for your kegs and eggs. Um, they don't look fantastic when you're eating them. So, and they don't, they're not, they're not, it doesn't, doesn't help. Just, just stick with your traditional eggs. Don't, don't try to make them fancy. Uh, same with the green beer. Uh, and it doesn't really do good on your insides, all that green food coloring. So yeah, I probably won't participate too heavily, uh, this year, but it's supposed to be cold. And I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the cold. So now, do we keep your St. Patrick's Day drinking vibes? Does that carry through to the the watch party, or is that like a hard transition into more traditional uh, soccer watching beverage choices? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely start with some some coffees in the morning, not at Bulldogs, because by that time we're rolling up at what six thirty. You know, if you want to go to bed that evening, coffee at 630 is probably not the best idea. Um, I won't have I'm not a fan of Guinness. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to be pounding Guinnesses. Um, my you know, my favorite is is the the canned uh, stateside vodka and tea, which I know that Bulldogs has. Um, so I think that's what I'll go with. Something easy or uh, nothing too heavy. Uh, uh Guinness is just too heavy for me. I feel like it tastes like you're drinking a, a loaf of bread. Oh, but I'll be, just, I'll be, I can't do that. I'll be drinking those <laughs> loaves of bread all day. It's going to be great. <laughs> Seth, I know, yeah. I know I will see you, uh, in the, in the morning, midday and all that stuff. Uh, are, are you somehow going to make it all the way to a watch party or is that, that's just not in the cards for you? Absolutely not. <sighs> no, I, uh, damn it. I'll have, I'll be with my family in the morning, so we'll uh, He's a head back north. Head back north, so that way we can maybe stick to a regular nap schedule and 
hang out with the dog in the afternoon and then I'll be uh <clears throat> I'll be in my uh, glass case of emotion on my couch probably either potentially still drinking or sipping Pedialyte trying to <laughs> make sure that I'm not hung over for the home opener word uh we told ourselves we we're gonna do this under an hour we're at 56 and a half minutes so let's try to keep uh keep us to our word uh seth what did we learn tonight i put together that quantum spirits is sponsoring the corner kicks and that's why the canned drink is called olympico oh i didn't even put those two things together Yeah, that I whenever Ariana was talking about it, that's just no, I even like, fucking consider that. Yeah, light bulb yeah. went off and uh figured it out. So there should be some sort of promotion if they actually score an Olympico, we're all getting free quantum. Right? It's gotta be. Gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah. Ariana, what what'd you learn? Um I learned that despite my age being closer to college uh, than, than both of you, that you probably party harder than I do. Um, I, uh, I feel like I need to up my, my partying game a little bit um, to compete with, with you uh, seasoned St. Patrick's Day parter, partiers. So... Have you ever, um, have you ever felt yeah. the the need to to rip off your shirt uh, while you're partying on <laughs> on New Year's Eve? No. All right, then Seth has got you beat. <laughs> I can't I can't say that I have. Yes. Um, especially New all right those no. those one time in Erie, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and Dan will never let me live it down. And, I, and honestly, I don't think I I'm deserve not to say, let it. I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I'm I'm supporting the 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 endeavor. We just, you know, legendary moments require storytelling. We used to get it in on that New Year's Eve Otters game. That used to be that used to be a good one. Gotta try to bring that back at some point. I absolutely. All you people with your kids now making it difficult to do. Those grandparents <laughs> for a reason. Children. <laughs> I've got sixty-five seconds to beat the the hour mark here, so. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocket Man and the Space Babies. Check them out at uh, facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorek. Email the show at pghstewarmy at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Ariana and Seth, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Fuck you, Gumby.